This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Series 7 of the sounding board, episode 26. We're up to Craig Hutchison, Damien Barrett with you. It's a Tuesday morning of this week. Good morning to you, Hutchie. Hello, Damo. And, yeah, what an extraordinary start to the Commonwealth Games from a Verity score point of view, Damo. Yeah. Who would have thought that the swimming team could generate such – well, I think everyone in New Zealand had thought the swimming team would generate such headlines. But this is – this has gone past sport now, the Kyle Chalmers, Emma McKeon, Cody Simpson story, and it's become a clickbait fest to the point where Kyle Chalmers has said, enough, you, all of you, will run me out of the sport. There's layers to it, aren't there, Hutchie? And, and I think we could predict, I mean, we've been talking about Cody Simpson for, for some weeks in the lead up to uh, this Commonwealth Games period. We, we, we knew something was going to happen, but the... The reaction of Kyle Chalmers was something I hadn't factored in. Well, not not to the degree that he's reacted, and this will be part of what we talk about in the next few moments as we as we pick apart this uh, extraordinary sports story at its origins. But it's a it's a far wider reaching media story than than merely people and swimming it, up and down a, a swing pool. Is it my imagination, or is he now being cast almost as the reverse bad guy here? Like, has he turned heel? He's it, turned heel. Like you would normally in these situations, the new guy is the heel, and the old, the former boyfriend is the mm. is the face in wrestling terms. Like how has how has Kyle all of a sudden got a testy relationship with the media, and Cody's become the darling of the tabloids? It is a it is an unusual. They've been miscast in these roles, haven't they? Well, they've cast themselves, haven't they? Well, they, I think Cody's. I mean, Kyle has cast himself as as this person, hasn't he? Well, the Cody appearance on the Seven Network nationally before the Commonwealth Games, which we covered. Was it seven or not? It was seven, because Michael Usher had the hang time. It was seven. <laughs> that, that that was a a, no, a really nice move. It presented him in a positive light. And Kyle has been, unfortunately, the victim of the brunt of... Uh, the, obviously, the taking his spot didn't help in the butterfly, which you look back on now as a bit of a turning point in the media narrative for him. But That he, was for the World Championships you're referring to? Because, yeah. Because yeah, we're now in the Commonwealth Games where, where Cody, as we speak, has qualified for the final of the 100 metres. But it looks like he's got a... I saw Andrew Webster's story in the Sydney Morning Herald, which was highly critical of him being highly critical in the media. A lot of people were asking me to glass jaw that. Not not, <laughs> not not so sure. Is this to be an early glass jaw nomination in in an episode of the Sounding <laughs> Board if you're going to go there? It was a strong column. Andrew, obviously, is not... Covering the swimming beats. A lot of the swimming beat riders don't get into these yeah. murky waters, don't no, they? No, they don't want to. But no. it's it's the gun for hires that come in, yeah. com games time from the yeah. other areas of sport, a.k.a. Yeah. Andrew Webster, who works for us in Sydney on SEN. Very good journalist. Yep. And he's come in and written the, the straight story. And all of a sudden we've got, you know, a pretty defensive car. Do you think he's been treated unfairly by the media? Uh, if you called Chalmers... I can see elements of what he's been referring to, Hutchie. I can. Just before we go any further, for those who, who don't know the, the individuals involved, you've got Cole Chalmers, for, for starters, Hutchie, in 2016 Olympic Games Rio. Now, he, he won the prized event, the 100-metre freestyle, as an 18-year-old. Just let's just remember that. In 2021 Olympics, it was the 2020, but in the, in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, he missed by 0.06 of a second in defending that title. It's, it was it's incredibly, an extraordinary all-time great Australian athlete, all-time. And incredibly gracious the way he handled running second. He did. He did. So that's the backdrop to him. He's obviously, as overnight, has won the 100 metres um, 
I think anyway, in, in the Commonwealth Games, which won't mean anything you know, in the scheme of uh, the, the Olympic golds he's got in that event. Then you've got the Cody Simpson story coming in and, and then obviously the Emma McKeon, who's Australia's most successful swimmer of, of all time. And again, talking about elite, all-time great Australian athletes, she is right up there in any conversation you want to dare mount about who is Australia's greatest Olympian. She, she's there probably already, Hutchie. So we've got all of this missed in. I'm a little bit, um, don't, don't use the word lightly, worried about Chalmers. And I'm not saying this for to get a reaction out of you or anyone. Some of what I heard him say, and I made sure I listened back and, and watched back, and there was a great interview with Kate Campbell, poolside, wasn't there, the other night. Um, I don't know whether people have seen that, but I, I don't think he's in a great headspace with this, Hutchie. And, no, I, and, I, and, I, and I say I say the word worry genuinely. I, I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't these like the way he's reacting. These were some of the quotes. He said he could soon walk away from media commitments on medical health grounds if things don't change. He also suggested he could walk away from the sport. The quote, it's not actually true. It's false news. I can I can stand here and say everything positive now, but you're probably going to go home and be a keyboard warrior. I do I do nothing but be as positive as I can be. I support him on the team, but again, people just want clickbait on the article. So these are a lot of the themes we've talked about over the journey here on the sounding board. No matter what I do these days, the media just want to jump on board, but I've done nothing but give all to this country. I will stand and talk to you guys after every single rate. Bit of the Mark Thompson, all of you. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a time when I stop doing that if that's going to be the case. But, but what he doesn't get, and, and let's let's table the the worry I do have for him, and, and the, what he's expressed to himself using the the mental um, the mental well being aspect of it. It's, it's all part of it. You can't control media, no matter who you are, and no matter what run you've got. And I would argue, Hutchie, Cole Chalmers has had, has had a pretty good run with media, but. You just need to, if you're him, if you're advising him, and this is what I'd say to him, look at it from a different lens. Look at it from the the, the person who the media outlets are maybe trying to target and, and in terms of trying to get interest in this story. How would they view it? Not, not, not through the lens of someone who's won an Olympic gold medal in 2016, very nearly won a second individual in, in the toughest event. I don't care what anyone says. The 1500 is tougher, but the, the prized event of the 100 metres. Everyone attempts to win that. Look at it from the neutral observer. Now, I know that's hard to do when you're caught up in the heat of the battle, in the heat of the moment, and now there's a genuine level of friction with someone coming through on not just a professional level, but a personal level with a relationship attached to, to all of this conversation. Yeah, my two Bobsworth is, and then we'll move on, is that he has had a charmed run as a young man with the media. That rarely happens to the bulk of society, and you get a disproportionate comfort that you are an adulative, I knew I was going to do that, a figure that gets a lot of adulation. You might get away with that. You might get away with that. (laughs) (laughs) So when things go wrong, you're not emotionally equipped to necessarily handle the negativity. And then it often sways the other way because you overreact or or react in a certain way. And so I feel for him. So anyway, let's see what happens. But then, and the other unfortunate thing for him is being used as a tool to get people interested in the games, right? Like well, that, that's what happens. It's been the social That's hook, life, isn't yeah. it? That's been, life. He's been the narrative. Yeah. He's been yeah. the showstopper of this. He's the social hook of the games. But I do think, and there's, there's a few wrestling fans who listen to this, the heel turn I didn't see coming, and I hopefully he's a face again by the end of the of the Commonwealth Games. Hey, I want to, we touched on this briefly, but a few media themes for me, Damo, before yep. we get into it today. First of all, you forecast a few weeks back that the after-match press conference was in danger of being a thing of the past. Basically, null and void. Null and void. I would go a step further. I would say the midweek AFL press event faces extinction. 
and it is on the verge of collapsing altogether, the midweek press event or the press conference. Yep. The apathy that clubs have shown in the type of people they've made available during the week and on the days they have has yep. just about broken the industry now where the TV news in particular do not want to send anyone to the uh, events of the week because they are dull, boring, uninteresting, and the wrong subject is generally put forward. The pooling system was the first sign of worries where all the networks were, uh, we'll go here, you go there, and so that, that lowered numbers. I would say now the trend is that the news media in AFL, and I'm calling this as a permanent trend, are going to start to not go at all to club events. Two thi- well, a few things have broken the system. Clubs competing against media on their own platforms, yep, number that's one. The big, that's the big one, yep. The quality and tone of people who are made available. Yep. And how often? Yep. So poor. We've talked about that here a long way. And you're way. talking about players maybe ranked uh, 15 to 30 on a club list. Yeah. And and the other one, as good as they are and as crucial as they are to operations, assistant coaches. Yeah. Yep. That, so that's, you know, but which so-and-so club will be available Wednesday morning at 9.30? A player will be available for interview at 10.15. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Oh, better rush out to, uh, you know my views to on Waverley. This. Every single player should be available all of the time. You know my views on this. Yep. And... But they don't care, Hachi. And they actually don't you know what, care. You know what the industry that's thriving on the back of this apathy? Doorstops. So the doorstop... Nathan Buckley's favourite topic. So the doorstop, I would, I've just done a little bit of analysis on this. The doorstop movement is at a peak fever pitch high right now. Yeah. Clubs, uh, media outlets don't want to go to press conferences at all. They've sacked them. Clubs are going, what do you mean you... I'm told some events now with clubs, there's zero people that attend from the media. Yeah. And then an hour later, someone will be doorstopped in the car park. And the media managers are sitting there at the office scratching their heads. Memo all clubs. Make yourself, make your players more available more often, most days, every day. Don't try and decide who speaks to who and how long for. Forget about it. They're individual people. They can make their own decisions. But they've stigmatised this, Hutchie, the clubs. They have stigmatised it to the point where it, the players are brainwashed. They can't talk. They, they tell them they can't talk. Don't say anything. And if you do, if entirely... you do talk, don't answer it. Honestly, answer it the way we want you to answer it. I, yeah, I think there's a, an enormous amount of uh, talent among the playing group. Oh, there is. And they, they actually don't mind it. They, they don't all... mind it. I'm not saying 100% it's, it's, would do it. It's the clubs. And the clubs... We warned this years ago. The yeah. clubs were, were killing the industry with the way they suffocate coverage. Well, the coach, it goes to the coaches, though. Coaches got too and much The coaches power. start it, and yep. rightly or wrongly, they infiltrate the mind space of the entire club, and there are decisions being made in this space on behalf of what that person who makes the call thinks the coach would say. There's news editors out there now saying, I don't want any of that press conference stuff. I know it's going to be a boring mid-ranked player and assistant coach. No disrespect to either. And... Get me something that someone else hasn't got. In fact, if it's in the car park and it's an eight-second soundbite of Jordan Nagawi walking to his car, well, that'll do me more hmm. than the 10-minute presser. And this is the sub-industry. The doorstop movement, I think, is... Uh, well, you started the doorstop movement. The, you, no, you, yes, you did. You the, go, it goes back to... The clubs. The early 90s, the mid-90s. The clubs are the biggest generator of, of, of doorstops because it's so simple. Open the doors. And and the problem they've got with the doorstop, Hutchie, correct me if I'm wrong... There are a very probably on one hand the amount of clubs who've got access to for a player to get from the public side of the fence badly constructed car into, parks into the operations of the club because they're not privately owned there's they're council bad, land they're, they're publicly there's owned some very stadiums badly designed <laughs> car parks out there well, well no, no there are no car parks for there some. are very car park friendly doorstop opportunities around the clubs in Melbourne in particular don't they <laughs> so. 
But no one's no one really says anything. Whereas you look at West Coast and Freo, correct me if I'm wrong, don't they drive underneath? We, they can drive in. Perth can journalists drive in. are at a disadvantage yeah. on the doorstop, don't they? Whereas the Melbourne journalists, it's a free for all. But anyway, you don't, you don't, get, any quality, you don't just... get any quality of interview, though, do you? When it's all said and done. Ah, uh, but see, here's the thing: our television news is looking for quality no. interviews. <laughs> no, they're not. They're I would for say the that's not the business they're the in. The movement and the vision. And I used to get to work in the morning for 15 years, and in the run out, say, footy latest. My name assigned one minute ten. <laughs> it didn't matter what happened that day. It had to fit in in some year. In when Seven lost the footy rights, it became one oh five. You lost five seconds, or sometimes point five five. <laughs> when what? Seven got the footy back, it was out to about one fifteen, one twenty. And then there were days when you blew that number just to uh, then the news director a bit get, of hutchy time. News director would get resulted and a new one would come in, and he'd go, "We well, want more footy." It'd be one twenty five, and then he'd get resulted and it'd be back to. 55. <laughs> that was the, the day had to fit in that period of time, Damo, and they're not yeah. interested in long interviews. Hey, it's taken me more than 55 seconds to tell that story. You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a disproportion. So the quick soundbite is the friend of the TV journalist. The press conference, I think, is fast becoming the enemy. It's not going to change, though, is it? Well, it can if the clubs are bold enough to open themselves they up. They don't care for this, Hutchie. They, they're not. Sorry. The, the AFL should mandate they oh, do. Oh, what are they going to do? What are they going to say? You must put up a player. They, they do say that. Oh, they should say on There's coaches all, who don't appear under the contract, Hachi. On all training days, that the senior playing group should be available. The locker room should be open for 45 minutes on every training day. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. I've written that story many times. We've talked about it many but times. But there's no chance it's going to happen. There, there is no chance. Because I'll tell you what happens on that. The, the AFL mandates that. But then the host broadcasters say, no, no, we, we want. So the clubs in their minds think they provide players for media in a way that's acceptable. But all it is is just meeting the, the contract attachments if I, if I to the, what, the broadcast. If I knew the president of the AFMA, the Australian Football Media <laughs> Association, and if that group had some muscle and ran anything other than a one-year pie night, I'd take it up with him. The other... Uh, figure on TV news that's emerging before we move on. Yep. And I'd encourage our audience to keep an eye out for this character. Is it emerging or is it just being revisited from your days? It's a long, no, it's a long-time character. So in, in television news, protocol is that if you're asking the question, you stand to the left of camera, your hand at best, and the microphone might be seen. Left off camera. So I, I don't even know that. Protocol. There you go. So the subject would talk to you to give you the eye line of off camera, but it's all about the subject. But right? you're on the left. You're on the left. Okay. And you might be in so, a. So I didn't even know that. You might protocol. be in a cutaway or a noddy or a piece to camera. A noddy. Aren't they? But you don't. The most awkward. You're not thing. actually seen generally in general terms. Unless you're doorstopping. Oh, hang on, you you made it all about you, Hutchie. You're not actually seeing your, your brand today can be traced back to you getting your your buff head into all these interviews you did on the doorstops. Well, doorstops are different thing, but on the stationary agreed interview, like the person's <laughs> protocol says, stand to the left. <laughs> protocol. Now, there's a new character emerging on the TV news. <laughs> right. It's called the Frame Me In. <laughs> There's a frame me in movement going on. So you need to have a good relationship with your camera person, don't you? Would that be the case on this? Or a, or a bullying relationship with your camera person, <laughs> which is the other. Which you've had. <laughs> frame me in. Frame me in. <laughs> so, and so, you need so, to be able to say to the camera, listen, this is an exclusive. I want you to frame me in on this one. And so the whole interview has you and the subject together in the shot. <laughs> Now, I'm going to have to start outing the frame me in movement. <laughs> well, because you are the original framer. I, I, I would be lying if I said I haven't, been asked, <laughs> haven't asked the Cameron to frame me in on occasions in my occasions. very younger days. You, you only know one way, Hutchie. I reckon um, the Channel 7 too. 
they, they check the cameraman's shot before they start. I reckon that's how much they want to be framed in. Oh, okay. the frame The framing specialist at the moment is also, to be fair, the best rugby league journalist on television, or if not the best, among the two best. Michelle Bishop at Channel 7 is on an equal par, but Danny Wilder at Channel 9. Danny Wilder. <laughs> yeah. I know Danny. He is He's the, an ex- outstanding journalist. I saw his story on the Manly Seagulls last night. We'll share it on our social. It's a bit of fun. Uh, hopefully Danny can have a little bit of a laugh at himself. I'm not, not certain of that. He's a frame in man, Davo. The whole interview. Well, he was 50-50 of the shot. He's entitled to be, Archie. He is rugby league up there. I know. So I, I think it goes without saying. Uh, the, the head of the camera department goes, what do you got on the day, mate? And the cameraman goes, this, I've got to go out with Danny. We've got an exclusive. Oh, don't forget. Yeah, I know. Frame him in. <laughs> <laughs> frame me in. <laughs> um, Jim just, Wilson was a frame me in man, Damo, from way back. Just but, to call it out, I'm going to name names on the frame me in. Oh, I, I still can't think of anyone more synonymous with this trait than you, though, Hutchie, when it's all said. I've said I've been happy. Mitho to- had a little wave, didn't he? Mitho went down this path a little bit, I reckon. When you and he were going head to head, even at the, at the same station, a, I think he started out as a frame me in guy from time to time. I don't know anyone who gets framed in one hundred percent of the time like Danny. He's the, he's at the top end. <laughs> the occasional frame me in when when uh, the story's big enough. Um, but just be, I think he eased back on the on the framing though. Going back to what you mentioned a few <coughs> moments ago, Hutchie, about the, <laughs> the clubs. A, people out there listening are thinking, who are these idiots? No, I, well, I liked it. I laughed at the frame me in <laughs> phrase. Uh, coaches and, and players being put up by footy clubs, Hutchie. Obviously, I've had a fair few issues over the journey with a certain coach of the Western Bulldogs. He, though, in my eyes, is the is the best when it, when it comes to talking to a microphone. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get, do you? You don't know what you get. What did and you think it, of his uh, sharp retort to the Alex Keith question, which we played on Footy Classified last night? I, I Look, if you're Luke Beveridge, you're entitled to answer it however you want. And, and it was Josh Gablich, wasn't it, who, who I work with and is got a – Bullet next to his name, Hutchie, with how good he's is and going to be. I think it was Josh, wasn't it? Oh, Cara did, didn't mention. I was spoken to Josh. Someone Cara was critical of the question. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought the question was very fair. So do, I. and 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 just to have this conversation uh, here, like I did with Carol Now, Carol suggested that you should never reference someone else in the question. I, I well, she does. Oh, that's why I said I. I think I feel like you do that all the time. I do it all the time. Is she, I didn't see this bit on your show. I saw your show last night. I didn't see this bit. What did she say? Caro said that she doesn't believe that you should ever say, some people out there are critical of, or others have said that Alex Keith shouldn't be... I would think that's an absolute... I reckon I can hear that phrase coming out of Caro's mouth. That was, that was my yeah, point. Anyway, let, let's not get sidetracked on this aspect I, of it. I certainly, I certainly do it all the time. It's a great reference point. I... I try not to. I'll tell you why. This is probably where Caro's coming at it from, and she probably would think I say it as well, for all I know. But you've got nowhere to go. The moment you say that, if you are challenged, you don't, Hutchie, because if you are referring to a private conversation you've had, maybe another coach, maybe a player who didn't want to go on, you can't then say that. Or if you are, and this is the this is not a good. So you way. don't think it's a fair reference point either? No, I think it leaves you with nowhere to go. I think it leaves you exposed if you want to take the conversation further. If challenged, because the subject says, "Well, who who's saying that?" Right? Yeah. And then if it is, if it does unearth that it's that it is general talkback or fan forum or yeah. the person you got your coffee next to, no one cares about that person's view. Well, when you're talking to a coach, Archie, I'm sorry. Well, as as much as that with... view is important and it may be reflective of what's going on out there, I think you need to come at it from a different perspective to challenge the coach on it. If you don't know what we're talking about, this is the exchange. The why, why did it take you by surprise? I just took a lot of Bulldogs and what is by surprise. That, that what, when you say a lot, what, what, how, how would you know that? 
a lot of talkback callers, a lot of social media. It just it was one of the interesting. It's the bell curve, though. I mean, the, the vast majority understand, yeah. and the ones down the end that ring in or make comment on social media yeah, are emotional. Yeah. So how, how, how did he respond to it? Terrifically well. An, uh, amazing human being, Alex Keith. Now the error there was defending. Like if someone if. Luke Beveridge went at me and said, well, who's saying that? You don't have to get specific. Don't say talk back. Don't say, you know, people on social media. Yeah. Because then you just weaken your own question. You're not ready. For, you're often not ready for that moment, though, when you are challenged. You've got to double you know? down. Yeah, of course. But look, like you, I'd say, well, <laughs> I want to know. I, I want to know why a player who some people would argue is, yep. is amongst your best five or six in, in the structure, and you've let him out. I, I want to know. So well, I would, I would I don't, say, I don't, I haven't, don't have an answer yet. I, I would say, well, okay. I'm asking then. I'm asking yep. on their behalf. Don't worry about how many people have said it, where they've said it, how often they've said it. Yep. Enough for me to ask the question. So tell me. That's how you, I, I would respond. He was very defensive, wasn't he? He's defensive a fair bit. Oh, yeah, I You've know. Created the, hey, can I just take you back for a minute before we move on to other areas? As a kid, right, in, in say, high school, you were year eight, year nine at school, did yep. you want to be a journalist? Yeah, I did. It's all I wanted to be. And so how from, from about then I reckon yeah. So did you were you writing for the school magazine? I, or? I did a bit of that, but I was never any. I wasn't that flash at it either. By the way, I, I just loved it. Did I, you do work experience? No, nah, no. Nah, I think I've told you this story before. I I ended up getting the copy boy arrangement, which which it was at the time at eighteen. At eighteen, and and I actually started my first day January ten, I reckon to be specific. And this is going back a long way, Hachi, nineteen eighty nine, before the VCE. Results were given. I started my job without VCA results. So, so that, that's your job. I'm talking about like trying to get in and like year eight, year nine. I did, I did nothing to try and get in. No. Did you work hard? You didn't look for an angle? Oh, I now know where you're going. Now I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you know how, how hard it is? I now know where you're going. 14 or 15 year old to, catch, right. <laughs> to catch a break in life. <laughs> Well, you're let me this. sit this up for a <laughs> Gee, you walked down that path. I thought it for a long time before I got to this. <laughs> to sit the scene, yeah, there is gonna, a- These pro- next few minutes aren't good for me. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a precocious- Just, just get to it, Archie. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy every minute now. There's a precocious young talent named Max Becker. His podcast, original podcast, The Sporting Max, he was then 14. He is a beautifully presented young man, and I was a guest on his 50th episode. Just fell in love with the way he goes about it, his story, his manner, his disposition. And get to it, now he's hosting. As good as Max is, just get to it. He's now hosting the Kids Edition on SEN on Sunday mornings with Ellie Blackburn, who's doing a magnificent job with Max for an hour. He does live radio for an hour on a Sunday morning. Live radio. Welcome back from the break. Takes calls. At, at 15, Damo, now, at 15, I was still stretching around, wait, you know, waiting for my Oz study to kick in. He's This kid's building a living for himself. And Gary and Tim had him on last Thursday on SEN Breakfast. You came up in the conversation. I want to ask our audience, who may be listening to this for the first time, your view on Damo's response when Max Do you have to play this? Is, is looking for that one moment. I think Damo, Damien Barrett on the sounding board was a bit surprised that I'd already done Howie before before Hutchie mm. at the 50. You've but, done, um, have you done Damo as well? No, I haven't done oh, Damo. I was oh. actually speaking to Chris, his manager, and I've, I've set up an interview with Damo for the end of the AFL season. So you actually have to go through their management. You can't just go directly to these people. Oh, hang right? on, you've, you've buried the lead here. Are you saying that Damien Barrett's got a manager? 
Yes, apparently so. Well, I went. I was just trying to figure out ways of holidays, ways I could actually contact Damo. Oh, and so I went to Bravo's Talent, and you guys know Chris from FEM. Yep. Yes, yeah, we do. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So I contacted him. Said I, I understand your Damo's <laughs> manager. Uh, I'd love to get him on for a chat sometime. I've um, had Hutchie on. I've heard him on the sounding board. Listen to him every week, and he's like, "Yeah, no worries. We'll set up after the AFL season." I'm like, "Done. No worries." Damo hasn't got a manager. Surely, yeah, surely you can go directly to Damo. You don't have to go through his he management. He didn't ask you for a fee, did he, Max? No, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, a little fake laugh from Max. <laughs> now, where do we start here, Damo? <laughs> that, that was really one of my more embarrassing moments as a colleague with you. I felt ashamed. I felt low. I was listening in the car. I, I couldn't hear believe- this, uh, this particular morning, Hachi. I got a call from someone who I don't think I've spoken to for about three or four years who thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. So it's a question, Damo. Question number one. Yep. How are you so busy that you can't fit a 15-year-old kid in until the end of the AFL season when you take 22 weeks leave a year? That's why. I, I, t- I, take, I take 10 weeks off at the end of the year. That's when I do. And, and it's important for Max to know, Hutchie, too, that you just can't, you just can't get the, the big dogs in the industry, Hutchie, anytime you want to. Question number two. How are you making people go through a manager I'll tell you what, to get to you? Look, I would rather not have to have this conversation publicly, Hutchie. This is how pathetic. You get so many requests. This is how pathetic my life. You need to deflect them. This is how pathetic my life is. I spend right the entirety of the footy season just trying to stay out of trouble, and this, this and, and you don't do that, do you? Let's face it, you don't do it. But provide going on a show like that, and I look. I know that sounds really bad, and I have said to Max through my manager. This <laughs> <laughs> is getting more embarrassing by, by the minute. That I will be sp- speaking to Max at the end of the season I, I when, you're, what, when you're no longer relevant. Because Hutchie, if I I know what happens, I do that on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those idiots, those morons I work with on Friday night and Triple M and Saturday on Triple M <laughs> will get three segments out of whatever I say. So I was trying to avoid that situation. So listen to this. So you're you're saying yes. this is your conservatism kicking in. You're worried about the reaction to your interview with a 15 year old. Nasty kid. to Max, just simply try to protect a moment that I know how is shallow are you? No, it's not shallow. It's you how... won't go on in season because you might get critiqued by the. No, no, not might. Would. Tamo. Look, he's a, he's a wonderful I kid. I know, Hutchie. I didn't. When I... Eddie's done it, Mark Howard's done it, yeah. all, a lot of your Triple M colleagues yeah. have done it. You're not above yeah. that. <laughs> In fact, how he even thinks you're relevant enough for it? For well, that, that's a pointing question, too. That's a good point, too. You go through my manager and we'll do it at the end of the and season. That? You strung the 15-year-old kid out I three think, and a half months. I think poor Max actually um, sent an email to Chris, who, who did forward it to me the moment I got it. Oh, you and got the email. He forwarded it on. I did get the email, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. Hey, I, I thought he was just – for a minute, I thought he was explaining away that you were busy without you knowing. No. You but, knowingly signed you off on the delaying you know the interview. Hey, here's a little lesson for Max, all right? And, and you and I are big on this. Had Max got my number off you and had Max rung me, I wouldn't have been able to say no. But you, it's easy to avoid through an email. So, Max, make the phone call yourself, mate. <laughs> Little lesson. <laughs> oh, was... so, sorry, Max. It's, it, that's, it, that, is, other... that is pathetic by me. How many other kids out there? No, there's – well, Chris, again, yesterday <laughs> – I, I haven't got back to another this one. I haven't even funny. opened that one. I wasn't even aware of this one. So yeah, I've, I've got to. You got another request yesterday. I've got to. I've got to change my ways. Actually, I've got to. I've actually got to respond to emails. I've got about twenty. Yeah, 
I've got to respond to emails. Oh, this Sorry. is pretty embarrassing. No, so you're getting requested, today now. I'm getting hot here, Hutchie. Can we move the topic so I'm, on? I'm putting it on all points bulletin, right? <laughs> we have a lot of journalistic students out there, a lot I, of kids, a lot of podcasters. <laughs> this is what I want you to do. No, right? no, no don't be silly. Don't be silly. I want you to all simultaneously over the next week request an interview with Damo. <laughs> don't be silly, Hutchie. It's first name dot we'll last name at AFL dot com dot au. Is that right? First name dot last name at AFL dot com. No, you don't even need to go down that path. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't use that one. <laughs> I've got to be one. <laughs> and Damo will make himself. Well, maybe we could do an open media no, day for Damo. Send him to my manager. We'll get all the kids in. <laughs> send him to my manager. <laughs> what do you? Can I just say, Hachi? In all serious, I know I sound really bad there, and and well done. You said that well. Footy, Sunday Footy Show got me as well. I deserve it all. I, I'll get all that, and I'm. I'm Serious here. Apologies, Max. I will do that. I do. I do in my own time, Hutchie, help whoever I can when I can. Now, I, do, I just want to at least. In the off season. At least, I know that'll be yep. cut out if you ever run this anywhere else. I do more than what I feel is my bid yep. in that space. I know point, that doesn't sound that too good to say that right now. At what point over the journey did the overwhelming interest in you, in your mind, <laughs> arrive at the point where you went, I'm going to need a manger here, I think? <laughs> Probably when you started fleecing me on some deals I had. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. You're going to have to go through my manager. You're sitting here every week in front of the sounding board family, and we talk about open, being open, being available, being accessible, open media. And when it comes to you, we're going to go through your manager. The height of hypocrisy. No, it's not. No wonder uh, Media Watcher got you on their radar. <laughs> Uh, now, I've lost a running Just on being available, can I just clarify this? Yep. The role of a journalist is to be – this is not meant to sound critical of you, but it will sound a bit that way because you put yourself in that position. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm getting life lessons off you now. The role of a journalist <laughs> oh, here we go. is to be available. <laughs> my, mobile, my mobile number has been the same number – for 25 That's my point. Years. Ma- Max should have rung me. I would have taken Max's call and at I wouldn't have been time, able to say no to him personally. Any time I was a 7, 9 or 10 footy reporter, I left my mobile on the front desk. Actually, we're talking about different topics here. I, I'm just, I'm just let me finish. I said to the front desk, if anyone rings for me, you give them my mobile number. That's why it hasn't changed. That's why I get prank called two out of every three Saturday nights from an unlisted number <laughs> at 10.30. Still. Still. It's been going for 10, 15 years. It's just a part of the it's a tax of doing business as a journalist. Actually, we're talking about this is a different topic. Do you topic. get prank called much? This is, uh, not as much as I used to, no. Well, it's because they've got to go through your manager to prank call you. Is That's it, what happens. There's a certain... Um, <laughs> AFL, AFL industry person who rings every now and again late, Hutchie. I think Bernie I Vince was a late ringer, wasn't he? Back who, in the day. Who's Bernie that? Vince used to ring you during his playing oh, days late. But yeah, Dale Thomas used to as well, yeah, but now he, now, he, now, he, now, he, now he does it, didn't Um Anyway, let's get back on track. What a, <laughs> I had something I was going to say about all of that too, which was pertinent to that conversation. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, see, hey, can I, also oh, too, I uh, know I'll move on. We've talked about that enough. Have you read that? Have you read, you've been following Tassie closely? Uh, I get bored with stuff that that, yep. that doesn't have an end game. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to start. I'm, I'm just not gonna, bored with Tassie footy. I'm, I'm just, just bored with the the timeline on this one. I'm just going to do this tongue in cheek, right? Because I haven't, I don't know what I'm talking about. So let me say it up front. So this is tongue in cheek. <laughs> on this, or this is other a little topic? bit of satire. <laughs> Sat- Actually, you know, there's no. Have the, you read? The, hang on, there's no allowances for satire. What you're about to say is going to be held against you, and you know that. I know. The, have the, you read there's either, no leniency given for the setup? Have you read either the Carter report or the Garlic report? <laughs> okay. Have you? I have read a large chunk of the Carter report. You're talking about the uh, the report commissioned by the AFL Tassie. into Tasmanian so we, football. We've had all this hoo ha about Tassie. 
it's in, it's not in, we need this, we need a feasibility study. We need, it, like, it's come down to one sentence, stadium. I, mean, I have not heard the stadium mentioned in any of the analysis or commentary of the two reports that have happened before. Like, sh- sure, there's a... You've read it. I've read chunks of it. Surely there's a chapter in there somewhere on the, the stadiums there. How is it that all of a sudden we're so, now... So, so get, get to your point. Get to your point. What are you saying? Why has it taken this long... For the for the the bleeding obvious, I don't think it has. Build taken a stadium, this long. we'll give you a team. Don't build one. We don't. You're not getting one just yet. I don't think it has taken this long, has it? Well, really? Why have we had studies and feasibilities and years? I'll and tell this you and why. That and the other? Because the money attached to a stadium is never ever on the table, is it? We're, we're talking about a, a billion dollar stadium. If you want to whittle it back to six hundred and fifty million dollars stadium, how do you convince a government to commit that type of money? Because the AFL won't put a cent in. They will not put a cent into the stadium. It was always coming down to money. And at the yeah. heart of money is government, and the heart of government is stadium. Like, mm. How have we got – how's it taken six years to get down to the tin tax here? But you broker deals. You hold your nerve on some, and you push the, the – run the gauntlet on others, yeah. don't you? So, well, so yeah. you know how this – you know yeah. what's the happening AFL, here. The AFL wants more than the 150 it's got by way of a commitment that's on the table. Yeah. Uh, the AFL go, we get one chance to ask for a state government to fund it – I read Colin's interview on the weekend where he said, oh, I, I didn't feel that it was necessary for the stadium because there's appropriate venues now. Well, they've, they've pumped hey, the hey. money. If you, are, if you are the Tasmanian government, they have pumped money into both the Hobart and Launceston stadiums in recent times. Get, they're not to the degree the AFL wants to. You get one chance yeah. to quote Eminem. You get one chance to you know, ask you? for a government check for a stadium. And that is only going to happen when you have something you can withhold from the negotiation, which is the outcome. You good luck day two, and good luck announcing today we've got a we've got a team, and then they go on the next day and say, "Oh, by the way." Well, they did that in the Gold Coast. You and I have a different uh, uh, view. They, uh, they did it in the Gold, and they got lucky with the Gold Coast because the government then funded the stadium on the Gold Coast for the Commonwealth Games. So it had what, nothing to do with AFL being there. Why nothing. We, we've gone through feasibility studies, capability studies, presentation submissions. Uh, this government, that government, it just comes down to money. Build the stadium and you can play. Don't, and we're, we're going to string you out. For what I don't know, for whatever reason, it reminded me of the. Did you ever watch Police Squad? Uh, I'm aware of the show, but I didn't really squad was, watch it. Yeah. Police Squad was, from memory, a seven part series right. starring Frank Drebin. Yep. And it was the, and Leslie Nielsen is Frank Drebin, which became the inspiration for the Naked Gun movies. Yep. So before Naked Gun, you may not recall, I think it was Police Squad, there was seven episodes made. Of the same type of humour. <laughs> Which is was, not for everyone. And from but memory, it, I haven't seen, for it, seen it for 10 or 15 years. They were, the police squad were raiding. A, they thought there was drugs in the car, and they had 15 people pull the car apart, left, right, and centre. They pulled out the wheels, the sockets, the tyres, the, the uh, bonnet. caps. And at the end, there was just a series of wires and, and, and nothing left of the car, and they were all sitting against the, the wall, exhausted. And someone walked over and opened the glove box, and the drugs were in the glove box. That's what the Tasmania feels like. <laughs> The stadium. <laughs> the, the, we need a stadium that was in the glove box the whole way long. How, have we, how has it got to this point where this has become the entire issue? Um, you've been on fire today, Hutchie. It's, it's a continuation of your good season seven of the sounding board. I'm, I'm actually saying that seriously. Season hey, seven. No, you, you, you've been in career best sounding board form this year, and you've season, had a good episode 26 at, at my expense too. Hutchie, tell me what's going on in this, um, again, just quickly, because I don't like bringing in the radio station you operate. Um Ooh. So do it quickly, all right? You've You're post- sitting here on level five. You're yeah, just downstairs on the ground floor, and and you, you you've poached Gareth Hall, yes, out of RSN. Do you have all the things that you've 
you've... I know Gareth. Not well, but I know Gareth. Oh, there you go. Personal interest in the story. <laughs> oh, the I'm... Adam Hamilton. I got it now. I'm giving uh, you me 30 a seconds to... to... What's going on in this space? Well, he's Gareth's a star in racing. He's brilliant in all three codes, chasing, pacing, and racing. And he fits the Essien track way better than just about anyone I can Are you think trying of. to destroy RSN is where I'm trying to go? No, they... Did you try to buy RSN? They recruited Andrew Bensley as their program director, who left us. We would have loved to have kept Andrew, but he decided to go to RSN. And so, in turn, we had an opportunity to... Go and recruit ourselves, Damo. And so, and Gareth will be fantastic. He arrives early September in time for spring, which is even better news. Is this the get back, though, for not being able to buy them when you wanted to buy them? No, because we don't. Well, we. You said we wanted to buy them. No, no, you, you did want to buy them. We have our own platform. So, the 1593 SEN Track Melbourne is our platform in Victoria. We also have regional stations. Now, this is why I, we have 16 I am SEN low tracks now. to introduce these topics to this conversation. And we're very different products. So, it, Gareth will fit our product superbly. Have we got a. You uh, think he's a good in? Are you happy with the appointment? Oh, he's a very good operator. Yeah. Yeah, very good operator. Yeah. I think he'll be absolutely sensational for us, and we look forward to his arrival. I think we've got a glass jaw nomination today too, don't we, Hutchie? I think. I wasn't convinced this was glass jaw worthy, but I just think a lot of people would like us to hear the play the opener regardless. Someone's had a go at us. This can't happen. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. <laughs> this is unacceptable. Well, I've been nominated. I listened to John Stokes. Yeah, John what, Stokes nominated, he said, nominated you for being blocked. Oh, because I blocked. And not knowing why. Yeah. <laughs> John, yeah. to get unblocked, you need to go through Damo's I, manager, I, I, Christian might gone, I might have gone through about an 18-month phase where I just couldn't be bothered blocking, but <laughs> fair to say, uh, is it John? Yeah, John, I, I actually went on a blocking spree at one stage of the last two weeks, Archie. So, yeah, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Robbo's been glass jawed. Is that right? No, Robbo's been fact-checked. Yes. Robbo's been fact-checked. That's right. Hang on. You can set this up. Well, we normally don't like to talk about some people. But Just to be clarified, by the way, no official Glassjaw nomination this week. That wasn't Glassjaw worthy. Okay. Over to you. Uh, Robbo, now someone has alluded to this. To this. Robbo's been fact-checked, so I can't read that small print. Elsley uh, Clarkson is not worth $1.6 million a season, and it would be selfish for him to ask for it, comma, writes Mark Robinson. That's under the super footy uh, handle on social media. media. And yet <laughs> someone who follows the kangaroos under the handle, is that Giant Roo, Hutchie? That Giant Roo, yep. Yet he is worth $2 million here. Yeah, he, he reposted the story Robbo wrote last year about Carlton should go after the big guns, Alistair Clarkson, Paul Roos, and Ross Lyon, and offer them $2 million. To... Is that fact check or just change of opinion check? I guess it's change of opinion well, check. I think you're in top. That could be a new movement. Actually, that would be more lucrative than the fact check movement, the change of opinion movement. Well, I think you're entitled to change your view over time. And the circumstances aren't like for like, right? Like... He, in one instance, he's talking about what Alistair would ask for, and the so other now, instance, now he was talking about what a club would offer. Now you're providing context to fact-checking and opinion-checking. It was a good, it was a good pick-up. <laughs> By giant and, and it was well-received well on Twitter, I noticed, from others. And I did think that wouldn't be far from your desk, given your no, mutual running commentary on No, it's the first I've actually seen it. Robbo. I, but I, I, and to be fair to Robbo, they are two different scenarios, I think. Yep. Do you reckon there could be a movement in the, the opinions, the opinion checks? Well, see, I think... So you're of, of the two of us. You're the stubborn one. On the fact. you, you will go to the go to your grave on. 
uh, not forgiving people and having a staunch opinion. I change my mind all the time. Well, I try and stand for something, Hutchie, that I don't back away yeah. from. The moment I'm challenged and reverse the truck like others do, the moment you're challenged, I, I'd like to actually so I think consider something, then say it, and then not move away from it until you need to. And and I think I'm not saying I don't ever move away from it, but not at the first moment of being challenged on it. And I, I think, and it would be hard for people, I think, to... Um, potentially work with me sometimes because I can change my mind in the space of a month. But it's space of a month or in the space of a conversation. If the figure pertaining to that conversation is increased, you, you'll change it. But circumstances, you, you, you'll accept the deal. You refuse to accept if the number goes up. Hutch. Circumstances can change. The number can change. It can, can oh, increase. If you, if you think it's if you think it's all commercially led, don't oh, it? totally all commercial led. You're entirely you? wrong. <laughs> Um, have you nominated this thing that's been highlighted here? Has here is this something? I've got no idea what what this is about. From um, if you go to page six, I, I don't know, here, I've been the, the rundown today, let alone in the last thirty seconds. Where are we on the? Go, go to page six. I don't know if you've raised this or if you raised this, Jane. The um, we have more than one listener, page. A listener There's raised six pages. This. All right, a listener. <laughs> wow. A listener raised this, and I think it's funny when I, as I read it. Todd Todd Barlam, um, he's a bio on News Corp. Husband, father of three, cricket and franchises editor, News Corp. Yep. Now, that's been highlighted by the listener. Franchise editor. What's wrong with that? What, what is that? I don't understand your point. Well, I don't understand what a franchise editor is. I was once, was it? What did you make me once? General manager of news yeah. of Croc Media. <laughs> and I think I had a stable of one. <laughs> I was general manager of it. <laughs> I think you started with no staff. I think I did. And we had to get you a staff, just to justify, one staffer, just to justify the uh, title. And then we had to move that person on. Yes. Mm. The So back to your point, I think the <laughs> – Todd – well, the franchise editor would be the other smaller mastheads around the regional network, wouldn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I would think. Is that, was that your point? that you? Well, again, I've lost my way a bit after you got me with Max Becker. So, um, I think you're talking about Todd's defence of the coverage of swimming in the newspapers and someone said he was being glass jaw. Because, yeah, I, I probably yeah. should have read this before I went with it. But you would run out of steam. Well, I always thought 42 minutes <laughs> in was the good stuff. But so as you can I, see I've this morning. Good, I've made a good show today. Trailed off pretty <laughs> You quickly. have, though. We, we haven't got to the um, question of the week yet. Either, Let's go. Question of the week to. time. Yeah. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Tim W at Blue Iron on Twitter. I'm noticing Australia is following an overseas trend with fan-based content through social media gaining more traction. Is this an opportunity or threat to mainstream sport media? I think it's an opportunity. Like, no doubt that user-generated content is never been higher and greater. And there are some – the fans are more knowledgeable than ever before and they're more creative with their own self-publishing than ever before. So why wouldn't you learn – Can, can the, you see examples of what Tim W is referring to there, Hutchie, in, in general media with the, the fan-based content, from what I can gather him asking, infiltrating the – All the time. And I think there's a real, there's a real interest in – there's a real interest in sharing um, – your fan experience with other fans through social content. Yeah, we're seeing it here. Like, I'm, there's some very creative people out there that, that, that are that are far more worthy of, than some who've got the the jobs in the media. I think. No, there's and that's no, just the way the world works, by the way. There's no doubt about that. And I, certainly from our platforms, we're looking for more and more opportunities of kind of fan generated content and or self generated publishers, podcasters. I, I think it's a great opportunity. And there's a role for. I mean, it's a big. The media world we live in is a big world, Damo. 
Yeah. Even journalists have got managers these days. <laughs> it's it's never been more disposable at the same time, though, too, has it? Well, it just moves it moves quicker than ever before. No, nothing resonates now, does it? Did we did but, but beyond a, beyond half a day? No, we, we should finish on a, just a more slightly serious note because a lot of people asked us to discuss this, and we missed it by half an hour last week, I think. What did you make of the Manly Sea Eagles story last week in Sydney? It was a mess on on several fronts. And for those that don't know, who might be listening in Victoria or Adelaide or not as across the NRL news, it was, it was a national sports story, obviously. But seven players didn't play last week after the Manly Sea Eagles on Monday announced they would have a a rainbow jumper for their pride, pride game. Yep, and seven players stood themselves down on religious or cultural grounds. Yep. Uh, again, you've introduced this topic. Uh, we're, f- I think, 42 minutes in, which is... Guess what? We have no siren, though. We can go as long as we want. All right. Well, let's have this conversation now. Uh, look, what I, what I have feel I've learned over these all these topics, Hachi, and all these issues, which, 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 we are, which, which sport now, I think, introduces to the general public as much as any other platform, is unless you have a conversation, you're not going to have anything of substance ever um, as an outcome. So the conversation is the starting point to everything, and this is where this fell down from the Manly perspective. I, I would imagine, had they as a footy club, had they as an organisation – wanted to properly have this conversation. It needs to come from a, a genuine place of, of heart to begin with. With all players on their list, they could have, well, they would have certainly got to a situation that was that would have been far better than what played out last week. Do you think the seven players were entitled to stand down from that game? Um, were entitled to stand down. They're entitled to have their views heard because I'm also big on inclusion. I mean, we talk about inclusion, don't we? We talk about inclusion and involvement. They had the club needed to know what they were going to say first and foremost. I feel. But if they, if you were the senior coach, they walked in and said, "We're not playing this Thursday night." How, are you saying fair enough, guys, or are you saying, "Hang on a minute"? This is where the conversation has to be had, Hutchie. What's well, what this is the conversation I'm trying to have with you? Yeah. What's your view? There's views for everyone. I mean, we had a. An what's AFL. yours? My view is that uh, as an individual, you can do whatever you want to do. If the ramification of choice is you don't play a game of footy, that that's the that's the price you pay. AFLW had a situation, the same thing during the year, Hutchie, and that view, that view was embraced. And, and that player didn't play for the same reasons, the same reasons that the Manly players didn't play. And I think there was a mature conversation around that. The, there are – here am I doing what Caro uh, said never to do. There are those in the community – No, no, give me your view. Give me your view. What's your view? What, what's your view in the community? Well, firstly, I agree with you that it was mishandled. It needed to be – more broadly communicated a long way out. and that, They would say they emailed and missed the email and all the rest of it, but it wasn't actually – No, everyone wasn't all in. No, they weren't. No. So communication issue number one. Number two was the timing of, like, why we Hachi, did – let's cut to the chase. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. Why they, why they had to do that in, in women's round was the wrong round to do that in any way. They needed its own spotlight and its own opportunity. Number three is you can, you can disagree with people's views – but their right to express them is their right. Which is my point. So I would have said, look, it's unfortunate that we can't all be together and play together on Thursday night, but we understand the the religious and cultural views that you have are different to what we are trying to represent on Thursday night, and which so we, we respect what, that. Which is, what I think, what happened, isn't it? That's what happened, yeah. Yeah. But, but, it, but it could have all been – that conversation, to get back to the conversation word, could have all been had behind closed doors, and then you present that situation – 
Well, I think to the public in a way that at least looks like you've got control as an organisation over what messaging you want. I don't think they're doing that round and wearing that jumper if they know in advance seven players aren't going to play. Right? They're just not going to run the. But risk they of- needed to know. They they need to know the potential for that Hutchie, surely, don't and, you? And then it's it's a it's such an un. You need to have empathy for everyone's own cultural and religious perspective. Of course you do, and that's why the conversation there's, is always there's a starting. Columns point. in the in the Sydney papers around the hypocrisy and the. The gambling out on the front of the jumper. Oh, and don't don't bring gambling into this. This is. I'm not. Oh, I'm no, saying you're not. No, 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 you're not. No, but in the people, Sydney papers. Yeah, it was, it's such. That is such a clickbait, uh, mean type of thing for the. I think weak journalists to go down the path of. This is an isolated issue when it comes to what happened last week. And I, and I thought the coach's handling of it, Des, was a masterclass in Des Hasler. Yep. Yeah. So he he fronted. He didn't need to. There was no CEO at the time. Uh, the CEO was waiting to be framed in with Danny Wilder, and yep. when he arrived yesterday, uh, Tony is a, he's a welcome addition to, to Manly. So there was no there was no leader at the time. The coach took the brunt of it, and he started by apologising to everyone that he could possibly think of that was afflicted. And I thought it was ter- tremendous way to handle it. Like yep. he, uh, he took more blame than he was owed, yep. which we've talked about in the past before as the, the right way as a leader to handle these things. Yep. And the captain was really good until after, after the game let himself down a little bit. Dale Cherry Evans with... What do you say? This what reference about commercialisation of games and how much the players have. So he just had a oh, vulnerable moment. Up with that. Yeah. His press conference on the Tuesday was yep. spotless, I thought, in the way he handled it. But actually, just back to that conversation thing, It's you need to... There's acceptance. You need acceptance, obviously, and you need inclusion. But you, you then, therefore, can't reject the views that aren't yours as part of that conversation is... is the point I, I want to make clearly on, on all of this. You, you, just because you've got a certain view on something, it doesn't mean that's the only view on it. And that, that only way you get to that point is through the conversation. I 100% agree with you. Yep. They're, they're, they're very complicated times we live in. People have very differing views on life. And the more we can respect as much Everyone's as, view. Even if we can't understand it or demonstratively disagree, then that's... Yep. And Twitter hasn't been good for that, has it? No, no, it hasn't because we go down this... this uh, we live in, an, live in an outraged world on Twitter where people yeah. don't have a lot of empathy for the alternate view. Well, there's only one view on, on Twitter, whatever that view is at the time that, that creates the pylon. Anyway, that's yeah. kind of... I thought it was... And in terms of a Sydney story, it was as big a story. Yeah. Like I was in Sydney all week last week and watched it unfold in real time on our SEN 1170 station and on SENQ in Brisbane. My goodness, that story... Just went and went and went and went, and people had a very, very strong reaction to it in view. Thought you had a really good show, Hachi. Maybe your best episode twenty six of series seven. I'm, uh, I'm you're in really good sounding good. I'm for going you. to appoint a manager on the back of that. I'm no longer handling my own affairs. I'm bringing someone in. That was Bravo Talent Management. I'll be this... consulting. Our own management company this afternoon to see if they're interested in signing me. That was the sounding board for Drinkwise. I've heard they charge a lot, that mob. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.